Coming to you from 8122 Production Studios in the heart of the 607, this is Horror Zone 607. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. And remember, you can always join the conversation using hashtag HZ607. The podcast where we talk all things horror and bring you the week's biggest horror movie news. I'm your host, Mike C., and it is time to talk some horror once again. And, uh, you know, it's a beautiful day here in the Northeast, but uh, we're taking some time out of our schedules here. Our busy, busy schedules in quarantine just to bring you guys the week's biggest horror movie news. Uh, And there's not much of that, so uh, (laughs) we might as well get started and talk about what we do have. All right. So uh, first... Huey Lewis in the news is his source for all the world news. <laughs> Say hello to Rich. Right now, the headlines of our uh, our chat. Yeah, it, it was it was good. Yeah, because, the uh, only reliable news. Source. The only reliable <laughs> news source anymore. I the mean, only reliable news these days. The news is the news is the where it's at, uh, and it is always hip to be square. They they are reliable. I, yeah, I would also like to point out that uh, unlike what Mike says, some of us do have a busy schedule. Yeah, Mike. Yeah. God. Well, yeah. Some of us just can't stay Jeez, in a, at an undisclosed bunker all the time. We actually have to go out into the world and serve the masses who like to be assholes. Did you guys see that sun today? Yeah. Wow. That was bright. Oh, I was oh, I was just outside uh, <clears throat> right before we uh, started recording. I came outside to rest for a minute because I'm doing a marathon of recordings today. <laughs> and uh, I came back and I was blinded by the light for real. Yeah. Like I was literally sitting here and I'm like, okay, it's going to take me a minute before I can... Uh, pull up the screen because my eyes are like flashing blue it was crazy but uh yeah it's a lovely day and it's a beautiful day in this neighborhood mm-hmm. yeah i i uh, this week uh, kind of took a i think a wrong turn uh actually uh this week i'm in albuquerque new mexico i told you not to take a wrong turn in, Al- in albuquerque you didn't listen but you're going well, in an interesting yeah. direction because you were yeah i don't you, know where either <laughs> You were in like Utah, and then you went make backtrack to Missouri, and now you're in New Mexico. He was in Kansas City. At well, one he point. He, yeah. he started yeah. off in Kansas City, Kansas. I was in Branson last week, and then he Branson. ended up finding the Fountain of Youth in Utah. Is then Kansas he, City in Missouri? Yes, <laughs> but there's a joke to that. <laughs> no, there is a there's a joke. Yeah, it involves but I it, it. It, it involves Orange Dude. See, I know you don't like a lot of sports, probably, but when the Super Bowl was won by the Kansas City Chiefs, he thanked the great people of the state of Kansas. Uh, uh, I remember hearing about this. So so I was making a joke. Now you made it not funny. Weeks later, you you made it unfunny that it was a funny joke that we were doing for weeks, like for a month. I ruined it. And you ruined it just now. Thanks for ruining that. You can introduce him now (laughs) as the ruiner of jokes. The ruiner of bits. Yeah, you're here. After hearing him screw up everything, he's the smartest man in all horror <laughs> podcasting. He is the professor. Well, hello. And yeah. Hey, welcome back. Glad yeah. to be of service to yeah. the he's great still a buffoon, ruiner. Everybody. He's still a buffoon. The great ruiner. This just shows you can yeah. be smart in horror, but everything else, eh. yeah, yeah, pretty inept. 
But you do want him on your horror trivial pursuit team. When we finally get that game, you yeah. want him on yeah. your team for that. Yeah. But but for, as far yeah. as like sports knowledge or even geography at this point or current events, no. not so much. No. I did a so, professor, uh, I got to ask you. Yeah. Speaking of horror trivia, do you remember that year uh many years ago that uh the two of us and uh Luke uh got together went to uh a local bar and we actually played horror movie trivia and we cleaned up until the last question and ended up losing. Yes, I do. What was that question? Do you, you, uh, it this. was who played, who played the assistant in the original house of wax? Who was, who was the actor oh, that was the assistant in the original house of wax? And none of us knew. And, uh, there was a guy that was cheating next to us and got every question, right. Yeah. And got that right. And ended up winning. And I know who that guy is. He cheats everything in life. Um, and you want to find the guy that. and get him? <laughs> he's holding, I know exactly he's, who he is. I won't say his name grudges. on here, but I know exactly who he is. He's holding grudges um, still. But yeah. uh, the answer was Charles Bronson. Oh wow! Yeah, I, you know, so I was, I was, we, we, I was far off because I was going to say a combination of both of your mothers, and now I'm stealing ooh, your jokes. Yes. Hey, hey, that was at yep. Bobby's place, wasn't it? Yeah. Can, we we can say that name. You can say that. It, it doesn't it, 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 it doesn't, doesn't exist, exist anymore. anymore. So you're fine. Yeah. It, it will only be for those who are local who will remember that. But it's just a bar locally where we. Yeah, we were there. rocking that too. We didn't we didn't cheat and yeah somehow. No, we just Listen, had way too much horror movie knowledge. You, you obviously did not read the legendary book by the legendary coach John Madden. You ain't cheating if you ain't if you ain't if you ain't cheating you ain't trying because that's that's the way of life, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. And uh, see, trivia is kind of ruined for me now because of because of Google. Yeah. And the reason why is because you can never trust that nobody is the, the person or not. My wife is now playing uh, trivia online. They're I doing did it on Facebook. I did. Uh, and I'm like, like I, I told my wife, I said, I'm glad you're having fun. And that's the whole point. Her and her friends are on Zoom talking to each other while this is happening. And they're having fun and they're having drinks and stuff. And I said, and I, I, I'm glad you're having fun. But I was like, do you realize that everybody that you're playing against is because they're at home? It's just Googling. This. Yeah, they have extra windows. Yeah, they're, they got their open. phone open. They got their tablet open. They got a, a computer on whatever. They're Googling every answer so it's weird to see anybody yep. get something wrong and i said the people who get something wrong like you and your friends are doing it the right way which is fine and here's the cool part there's really nothing that you're winning there's yeah. nothing really on the line well that's uh, i did an earth day trivia group a uh, few like last week whenever earth day was um and it was hosted by neil degrasse tyson and well it wasn't really hosted by him he like did an opening and closing video and the prize was to uh you would get a virtual tour of uh of like one of the museums in new york city the natural history museum or something uh, ho virtually hosted by neil degrasse tyson it's like i'd rather have money um you know he's cool and all but you know I, right if i'm gonna meet him personally maybe but on a video come on you know. yeah i got you but uh yeah it was uh i was completely worthless there um earth day trivia i know i know nothing about yeah we, we, we've accomplished this <laughs> <laughs> so with that being said i think it's time to get into the news right mike let's get it started so uh we uh we now have a new release date for spiral from the book of saw it's been moved all the way out to may 21st of 2021 so a year actually over a year uh later than it was intended to come out good god the new the new norm that is the new norm of moving the new norm out. uh unfortunately norm peterson Unfortunately for all these movies moving that far away, uh, you have the risk of, of leaks. Yeah. 
And that's what scares me about some yeah. of these movies is that, I mean, I understand why they're pushing back because there's, there's a lot of things that are going heavy in the fall as well because some things just moved right to the fall, as we know. Like, uh, obviously, big blockbusters like uh, Wonder Woman 84 moved to the fall, so did Black Widow. Of course, the big the big horror movie, of course, Halloween Kills, is still on as of now for October. Sweet. Uh, because, obviously, that's far enough out that I'm assuming that uh, at least theaters will be open. Yeah. To what capacity, I don't know. Allegedly, they're going to be doing a third of the capacity which will be weird in the box office but it'll still be there and we can still go see it yeah. which is the which is the biggest key uh but pushing it out to like may the reason i i worry about pushing it that far out is i get trying to be safe and i get trying not to overload and being competition but at the end of the day if something leaks it's going to tank your whole movie yeah like like and and people steal uh, steal digital copies all the time there's a lot of hackers out we've there. we've had that happen in numerous movies i mean we um uh, you know the biggest one i think on on hand was the expendables 3 now i'm not saying it was the biggest movie oh, but yeah. that was the one that like it tanked the movie completely well, then because they leaked it and put it out there like a week before it came out and everybody just pirated it yep. and nobody went to see it and the box office was abysmal and they knew it was going to happen x-men origins wolverine yeah uh, well, that was another you're one. probably better off watching that because that, that way because that was horrible <laughs> yeah let's be really honest bad. Uh, but uh, it, it, I mean, it's happened to a lot. But I mean, the Expendables three was the one that tanked the biggest. Wait, yeah. wait, wait, wait! Hold that the phone. had the, the debut of Deadpool in it. Don't forget. Uh, we're gonna forget that it ever happened. By the way, this is the second time I've heard this movie today because I recorded the Three Fat Nerds podcast before this, and uh, Diesel Diesel's top three this week for that podcast was uh, the top three weapons in a movie. Uh, and he made that his number one to be an asshole. So that's the, the unfortunate <laughs> that's the second time I've heard this today, and I, I'm still not happy about it. The only good thing about that movie is the opening title sequence with uh, with Wolverine and Sabretooth battling side by side through yeah. history's wars. You're, that, you're saying that, that it, it was better than Halloween 2018, then? Um, no. no. Because <laughs> there was nothing good about that movie. Oh, there's a lot good about that. Oh, movie. there's plenty good. Plenty good. You're the only one that hates that movie. In this, <laughs> in, well, you're not in this room right now. In the room that we and the, that me and the professor are sitting in, uh, we, we nobody hates it in here. That's right. That's, nobody in this room. That, you're yeah, the only one. That you're not here. Is correct. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, we have to make up our own sound effects because we're dra- we're dropping things down <laughs> for yeah. you. Damn you. Anyways, uh, with that being said, uh, yeah, I, I, I just think it's, I think, and it's not just that movie, it's all the movies that are pushing back that far, Ghostbusters. It makes me really concerned because obviously the hackers are going to be all, so I'm hoping they're protecting their stuff and taking it off of anything that possibly could get hacked yeah. uh, to to anticipate that because you know they're gunning for you because they know it's there. And if you don't think that they are, please make the mistake and leave it up and, and you'll find out real quick. And it, it could really suck for a movie that could do well in the box office. If it just gets leaked, cause then you've tanked your box office, especially cause it's so far out. If they hack it and they hack it in November or October or whatever, and you're that far away, you might as well just cancel the movie and just throw it out on VOD. I'm, I'm just, throwing it out I'm just wondering if it's because of all the stuff that's already scheduled to come out. That's what I'm assuming you know, it is. Like, but at the I same can't time, imagine. Oh yeah. Well, let's release it a year from now. But may is also super overloaded right now too. Cause may seems to be like the, uh, uh, May of 2022 or 2021, sorry, seems to be like the go to month. Yeah. Like a lot of things have shifted to May of 2021. And then you're just like, it's going to be a good it's month. It's going to be a good month. <laughs> yeah. But, but you think about it, it's weird to shift to the month that everybody, like that, my, my excuse for not doing it in the fall is because you don't want to compete against, you know, the two blockbusters in Black Widow and uh, Bond. And, and oh, Bond's in also November. coming out. Yeah. So for, uh, three blockbusters. Sorry. Because I forgot yeah. that was coming out. Bond, Black Widow, and Wonder Woman 84, your blockbusters, it'll come out. They're all coming out in the fall between 
November-ish, October through December, I should say. And then, of yeah. course, I in, horror, that, uh, in the horror world, it's obviously Halloween Kills. Yeah. I mean, you don't really want to go head-to-head with that, but you could come out two weeks before it or two weeks after it, and I think you'll be all right. Yeah. My opinion. Yeah. yeah. I believe that Gandhi 3 is actually also coming out this October. Don't yeah, forget. So I, don't, I don't think... Uh, that's a big one. Gandhi, Gandhi harder, it ain't coming out. Gandhi. I mean, Gandhi 2, the electric boogaloo, was kind of disappointment in the box office. So I, I don't think <laughs> that Gandhi harder is going to do much. But or, uh, yeah. or are, they calling it, are they calling it Gandhi hard with a vengeance? Yeah, I don't know. I, I think yeah. Gandhi hard with a vengeance works <laughs> better. <laughs> I, I always love the fact that every time there's a sequel or two, I always have to go with whatever two, the electric boogaloo. Yeah, because Breaking Two just gave us the greatest name of a movie. That should be there, you know. It, it is it, that, or else you have to have the title be uh, Gandhi's Dead. But that's you got to wait until part what's six. A, what's another good sequel subtitle? Uh, the Revenge is always a good one too. Yeah. The Revenge, like I said, Gandhi yeah. Two: The Revenge would be pretty good. Yeah, and then Gandhi Hard. Mike, Mike ignored my Freddy's Dead references to this episode. I'm kind of upset about it. I didn't it. hear you. No, I said you have to wait. I said in any series you could use the dead one. The like dead. you could do Gandhi's Dead, but you'd have to wait till the sixth movie. Yeah. Get it? Yeah. I got it in there. So that's all, I'm, that's all that matters. It, it was a weak one this week. I get it. But, you know, I've been playing a lot of 2K20 and doing a lot of podcasting and working. It's been long, folks. It's been long. So as long I as I say, get it in accounts. Like, I don't know about last week. I can't remember from last week, but the week before, uh, you didn't even mention it. There, there was, I, there was one week forgot I forgot it. it. Well, I didn't forget it. I just yeah. didn't, I couldn't figure out a way to weasel it in naturally. I yeah. try to weasel it in naturally. I try not to shoehorn it in because then it sounds desperate. So that one week, I couldn't do it without shoehorning it. I, I, I was going to shoehorn it let's in. Let's face it. We're, He's we're a pretty desperate here on this show. I'm a, mag of, I'm a man of integrity, okay? If I have to shoehorn something, it's not worth doing, and the punchline will fall flat. I mean, this past one wasn't as good yeah. because I realize now if I say Gandhi, Gandhi's dead, he, he is dead in real life, so that makes no fucking sense, but whatever. Right. Fuck, you know what? I'm, I'm going to jump ahead of the gun. Fuck Sean Cunningham. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> What's next in the news? <laughs> That's my rebound. Coming up later on Horizone 607, Sean Cunningham and Rich's thoughts. By the way, by the way, that is always going to be my rebound. If I if I get lost track, you're uh, just going to hear me go, fuck, fuck Sean, Sean Cunningham. Cunningham. <laughs> uh, what are you talking about? Uh, uh, fuck Sean Fair Cunningham. Fair enough. <laughs> so, so, you know, moving on here, I, I just so, want to ask you guys, are we are we having fun in quarantine still? Are we having a good time? Is everybody is having that, fun? Is that, are we having because, fun yet? <laughs> are we there yet? If you are, if you are, there is actually going to be. Uh, actually, this started last year. Uh, there's an Evil Dead Two escape room that opened in the Seattle area, and now you can actually take part in it from your home. Uh, it's going to be playing like a first person video game, but with real people, mm. and uh, you'll be able to play it for as low as thirty dollars starting this month. So I have to pay $30 to control another human being to be my avatar. How do and I, I get no enjoyment out of that? Like, okay. No. Do they guarantee that like the person's going to listen to your directions? Like, I, how does oh, this work? Cause that could get real good. Yeah. Like, like I'm willing to pay the 30 bucks out for the room, but cause I could just make somebody do some jackass shit for 30 minutes. <laughs> Bang your head off of that wall. Well, I've always toyed with the Punch idea yourself of in the junk. I want to, I want to, do one of these escape rooms and I want to be the person who willfully like withholds information that I find or like <laughs> makes it go on for longer than it needs to just because like I found the thing that we're looking for and I just like oh yeah is, are you guys looking for this like a half hour later and they're like <laughs> oh my god down. how long have you had that 
Oh, well, I didn't know it was anything. I just found it. You know? Oops. <laughs> Oops. Oh, you guys were looking for this? Uh, sorry. I'm just Three saying, like, there's the got to be there's died. there's got to be some rules to this, because think about it. I think you're going to make more money off of the thirty dollars. Somebody's going to be like, and now you punch yourself in the junk. Yeah. Like, why would I do that? Because I paid thirty dollars. I paid thirty dollars, asshole. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have you repeatedly punch yourself in the junk harder, harder, uh-huh. harder. <laughs> Take it like a man. Hey, have that person across the room kick you in the junk now, please. Thank you. It like, just becomes a murder room. Though. Yeah, pretty much. Like, <laughs> like, like, here's my thing, and I mean, God bless anybody who wants to do it. I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm glad this company. Cool, yeah. I'm glad this company is doing something. But for me, I'd. Re- I mean, I'm not going out to the Washington, the Seattle, Washington area anytime soon. But for me, I'd like to do this hands on, not like through the eyes of somebody that I'm controlling, like an avatar, because I don't know the joy I'm really gonna. I might as well just watch somebody do a walkthrough on on YouTube, which I'm yeah. sure if I look up, probably exists, and if not, it will very soon after they start doing this. Part of the experience I feel is like being trapped in a place and you lose that entirely when you're phoning it in so i don't yeah, know yeah that's why i said like I, the, I mean you're you're thinking way more clearly than you would be thinking if you were like in a room trapped you know like it, it doesn't work but it's cool i guess by the way i have i have the evil dead escape room i just typed it in on uh the youtube it does exist and uh, i'm not sure if they have a full walkthrough but you can look at the house so like you can just type it into oh. youtube I, I just did a quick one and it literally there's a commercial for it but then there's one that shows scenes from the house and there looks like there's a 47 minute one so i'm assuming that could be an actual walkthrough ah. just just throwing yeah. that out there so i mean in theory you could save the 30 dollars and just watch it on youtube because that's the same enjoyment you're gonna get if watching somebody else do this that that, that you know with the exception of controlling them yeah. unless i can make them kick themselves in the junk and then i'm in but I mean, once again, if, if if that's what you're into, I'm not against it, and I'm not against the company making money either. Yeah, I would I would tell them walk into that wall, walk yeah, into exactly. that wall, walk into. You need that to keep wall. walking straight. <laughs> but why am I walking into the wall? Well, because maybe there's something behind the wall. The only way to get into the wall to walk through it. What I've been the re- Kool Aid Man told us something. <laughs> what I've been really enjoying are the uh, uh, Resident Evil live action video game uh, video game footage that they're doing and some guy yeah, yeah, streaming some, some guy was doing like how the characters move in like resident evil one two like the playstation games and like how they aim and like walk, yeah, yeah. walk down a hallway strafing and like like the, un, the most unnatural movements of all <laughs> yeah. time like like what life would be like if you moved like a resident evil character pretty much so i mean that's just my take i mean it's it's a cool room though because i yeah. just just from the brief pictures i looked up it looked pretty awesome yeah we have other Evil Dead news Good as time. well, don't we, Mike? We certainly do. So, yeah, I was just going to say, speaking of Evil Dead, Fetty Alvarez recently spoke to the Boo Crew podcast and discussed the details of where he was going to take his Evil Dead 2 uh, had it been made. And you know what? I kind of have a feeling that when this new one comes out, we're going to be kind of wishing that Fetty Alvarez was involved in it and, and took it in the direction he wanted to. Um, so, so, yeah, you know, I, I, Rich, I know you, you kind of read the story over. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what was supposed to happen? Well, I mean, the, the first over glue, the first overbearing fact that we should just throw out there is the fact that he was going to do what most of us thought was rumored anyways. And there was yeah. going to be a meet between, uh, Mia and Ash. Yeah. So they were going to team, uh, allegedly they were going, well, that allegedly it, he said it, they were going to team up. So the, there was actually supposed to be a scene at the end. I mean, we know we got the cut scene with him in the car, with him putting the glasses you know, on. that was just yeah. like a whatever cameo, but there was originally supposed to be a scene at the end of that evil dead movie where he 
met up with her. Like it was going to be like teasing that they were going to do a movie together. And then they were going to uh, do, do the movie together. The second movie would have been with the, both of them fighting the deadites and yeah. her becoming his Padawan, if you will, if you want to use star Wars terminology, kind of like, kind of like how the show became. Yeah. Kind of what the, yeah. and it's exactly what the show became, yeah. which is ironic enough because I'm sure I don't think I, I was Fetty Alvarez involved in the show at all. I, have, I don't think, I don't, I don't think no, he was. that was Raimi. Right. It was Raimi. A hundred percent. Randy was behind it. Which I don't know. Uh, I don't know where where that you know. I don't know if he ever told him something because that kind of sounds weird. Because that was kind of like what he was going with with the second movie. Yeah. Um, he basically, you know, he goes on to say he shot in a way that it was very simple for me to get Bruce in to get him to do a cameo at the end. But then Bruce was like, and he was totally right. I just feel like it's going to be like I'm the milkman and just show up. And I think that's not special. So they were they shot an extra thing. He said uh, where it made it more, you know. Like, this is what we're hinting towards. And then it just never saw the light of day. And not only did it never see the light of day, uh, they were teasing it all the way up until San Diego Comic-Con 2013. Wow. So they they teased the team up, and there was things in place, and it was supposed to happen. And then... Sean Cunningham. It it wasn't. Believe it or not, this time wasn't. (laughs) You know, for for the longest time, this is different than what we've all heard. So for the longest time... it wasn't him. For the longest time, the rumor had been... That they were doing the Evil Dead movie that they did, the, the remake, or technically in this case, now we're finding out it's not a remake. It just exists in the same world. Just yeah, the same, same name. cabin, same. Yes, yeah, yeah. so it's the same world, but it's this, it's 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 in the same world. So well, it's not even the, a remake. It's when just, they when they get to the cabin, isn't all the stuff from the original yes, series there? And that's the yeah. that's the point. The point is that they they did a. It's not a remake at that point. Yeah, it's, it's just a continuation yeah. with a new cast. And then what allegedly we were told for years is that Sam Raimi was going to do Army of Darkness 2. Yeah. Yeah. And and then after that, they were going to do an Evil Dead 2, Mm -hmm. which would be in the same world uh, with Mia. So it had been in that same world and and the new world. And then they were going to do a third movie with the both of them. Well, this is now saying that that rumor was inaccurate, Mm -hmm. that they were all along. Number two was, was intended to be Ash and Mia versus the Deadites in an Evil Dead 2. Yeah, it'd probably bring him back from where he was at the end of uh, of Army of Darkness. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, time had passed, and they were going with real time. It looked like. Yeah. So yeah. maybe what you do is, you know, something happens. You use that cameo that he was in, or whatever other su- that you, they shot, and you go, "Hey, you know, he's aware of people being at that cabin. He's aware of something happening, and he seeks out." the person or you know he, he you could even hear he's at home minding his own business and a dead eight pops up so yeah. he knows something's up so he goes searching for for the person responsible technically to to, to work it out and then you have yeah. the two of them together and it's, it's almost like a buddy cop horror film which i thought would have worked very well yeah especially if you go from the fact that now you're adding in some humor because the one thing we all said is we all are fans of this uh the, of the remake uh but at the same point in juncture of us all being fans of it it was very dark very like it's not lighthearted yeah, it was, like the uh, original at all or even the, you know any of the subsequent sequels bringing in bringing in bruce campbell bringing in nash i think you would make it a little more there'd be some lightheartedness to the darkness yeah which i mean i'm not complaining about but it would be different so i i, I would have liked to see that happen but obviously it would have been yeah i i think the tone would have been a little weird but i would have appreciated it because well the first evil dead even is pretty nasty it's like a nasty horror movie it it, uh it's not it's only goofy because it kind of like some of the graphics and stuff like some of the special effects have budgetary but it's budgetary yeah but it's a pretty serious scary movie and then evil dead 2 gets you know a little bit more 
goofy. And then oh yeah, uh, Army of Darkness. Army of just, Darkness is just goofy as, yeah. as hell. But I love it. I'm not yeah, saying I don't. They all work though. I mean, <laughs> so but that goes to, that goes to Raimi's comedy chops because yeah. Sam Raimi always puts a lot of comedy in things, anyway. Especially I mean, Spider-Man Three. Whereas Freddy, yeah, well, <laughs> Jesus. Whereas Freddy Alvarez seems to be more of a straightforward horror guy. Yeah, and uh, that's where the Evil Dead remake, if you will, comes in. Mm-hmm. And now, now you know, obviously in our world, it's a remake because they didn't get to do this. If it wasn't that, I think it would be in the same universe. It's, it's strange. It'd be cool to see Ash in a very serious world like that, though. I yeah, think. yeah, it would be because I think because you would still have some slapstick from his his what he says from his just but he would realize that this is a different world yeah. real quick, which is which would be interesting to see how he handles that. Yeah. So I mean, it's a missed opportunity, which really sucks. But yeah, such is the universe. It right? really does suck, but sucks. But yeah, yes, yes, indeed. <laughs> uh, okay, Mike. All right. Well, moving on to some series news, and I know that the professor is going to be happy about this one. Uh, This August, there's going to be another series coming on HBO. HBO, I don't know what their deal is with the uh, all the horror lately, but uh, we like it. Yeah. Uh, But this August, a new horror drama series called Lovecraft Country is going to be premiering. Yes. And uh, behind this show are going to be names like J.J. Abrams and Jordan Peele. Yep. Uh, This is based on a book by Matt Ruff that came out. Uh, geez, I think four years ago at this point, was it four? It was three to, like three to four years ago. Um, this, this book is kind of like, um, an anthology series in itself. Like there's, uh, four or five stories that interconnect and it essentially, uh, takes the, it, it's set back in the 1950s and or 1950s, 1960s, maybe even earlier. I, I'm forgetting. It's been a long time since I read it. But uh, essentially, um, the main character, the guy who, whose story kind of connects all the different short stories throughout, um, he's writing a green book. Um, it's an African-American character going through America, writing the safe spots that African-Americans can travel to um, during, you know, uh, during segregation and everything like that. So um, he's doing that and comes into contact with some... Uh, nefarious uh forces and some lovecraftian stuff yeah some (laughs) really crazy stuff happens in this book and uh he and people he knows you know like all kind of intertwine like one character experiences something and like he's kind of in the background the characters shift and it's it's almost like an anthology in itself so this show uh could be really really cool like uh one of the stories is about a woman uh, an african-american woman with of lighter skin and uh, she finds a way to change uh, in a very disgusting way to turn white. And uh, it involves black magic and all this sort of uh, all this crazy stuff. It's and Lovecraftian kind of creatures and and uh, rites and rituals. And it, it should be a great show. I, 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 I it should be. It looks intriguing. I've never read the book like you. Uh, it'd be something I'd be interested in reading. It's I might good. have to read it. It's good. Uh, but you know what I find odd about it is the book and the show are based on the fact of like uh, the African American Green Book kind of situation. Yeah. Because like, it, and I'm I'm not saying this is not this is stuff you can all look up. Lovecraft was a big racist. Oh yeah, he was like a gigantic racist. So it's intriguing that you took something 
uh, from a racist and made it. And I think that that's, I think that's awesome. I don't, I'm not, I'm yeah. not crapping on it. I think that's, I think that uh, it, might, it probably has him spinning in his grave a little bit, which is amazing. Fuck him. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I love, you know, you gotta be honest, you gotta give it up for his work. But at the same time, like he was, he was horribly there's, racist and homophobic yeah. from, from, I mean, it's a different time. Somebody could argue that there's a lot of, you intriguing. have to take a lot of the, I mean, I don't want to, connote anybody i don't want this to be taken the wrong way but every writer in that time period like if you were a british american writer even agatha christie she Mm -hmm. was she was an awful racist like sexist against women like she's she's uh pretty bad too but like sir arthur conan doyle like um, edgar rice burroughs i'm not saying he's different from anybody else like you have to kind of like unfortunately for like like for some of those other people they didn't have it like necessarily in their work yeah his infiltrated into his work well then, so it's kind of like i mean some of them did they, but they kept they, it they kept it like veiled. even Ian fleming james bond oh man yeah but think about um, it, they kept a lot a lot of those uh, fleming did it but like a lot of a lot a lot of writers i'm not saying he didn't do that but he didn't yeah. he, he didn't shy away from putting it into his work is what i oh, meant oh man yeah but he uh which would be kind of funny well, if idris alba became bond because that would have him rolling in his grave once again <laughs> i think it's an interesting take because yeah. of that and Lovecraft created some larger than life things, but in his work, his, he was very openly racist, even in his work. His contribution to storytelling can't be understated. Right, uh, like right. a lot of people. And I think there's like a discussion going on. Like they're talking about changing the name of a reward, like the Lovecraft award of, for something because he was a racist, but it's like he, he changed the game of horror. Like, and a lot of writers like you can't you, Agatha Christie I've recently read like mm-hmm. 20 of her books and she says some awful shit about like black people and women right right and like you know like if you're reading older books you kind of have to suspend that kind of uh, modern day values to enjoy it to some extent it's not oh, it's not that, that what they were doing was once right again, but, i give that to you i'm, I'm not saying yeah. get rid of his works or chastise I'm not, yeah. I, and they shouldn't take an award named after him because he did so much other yeah. things because it, it really was a his product of the time is but insane, i yeah. i just want to say i i it, it, the humor was it not amazing, lost on but, me that there yeah. was a book and now a series written where it's focused around black characters in a world that lovecraft he, created yeah he which would be. I, that was the only reason i was bringing it up because it's yeah. not that i'm against him or it's not that i'm you know against you know I, I obviously i don't believe the same way as him but you know it's a different time you can argue and it, i'm not here to argue that is it right yeah. no it's not right but it is what it is we can't change it now he's been dead for a long time yeah absolutely How, however i just thought it would it's not lost it's on amazing. me that there's a humor behind the, the fact irony. that a writer yeah. wrote a book about a black experience in a lovecraft world in a positive light and that's becoming a series which i think is hilarious because absolutely i, I, I like i said i don't take nothing away from his professional work but it, it's kind of funny to think that somebody who held certain beliefs has got to be spinning in their grave because this is the last thing that they would want i but agree yeah. it sounds amazing so i i think it's i think it's funny it's it's, it's yeah. the irony of all of it i i totally will. agree with you um i just wanted to point out that there are like movements against like discrediting to some extent lovecraft because that's i think a little bit insane like if you were to discredit him for his contribution to storytelling you would have to discredit like many oh, di- many many, many you'd have to discredit so many people that yeah. would be worth it like, yeah th- where does uh where does it end because you're right everybody in that time frame did write Every- things that were were horrible because it was socially acceptable yeah it was like, totally fine that, and- you know it, it, we we don't you can't judge things in the past on with future eyes because Things were different then. Like certain technical terms 
were different. You know, the one that I liked in our lifetime that's not racist, but I mean, it is frowned upon, is the word retarded. Yeah. Um, and I don't use the word anymore, but when we were coming up, that was literally the word. I mean, yeah, obviously, that, I'm in my 30s. That and the F word. It, the, yeah. But retarded was one of those, I'm, I, like I said, I don't want to get too down. That's yeah, why I yeah. picked the safer, if you will. Yeah. Uh, it, but when we were, that was the t- gen, that was a term for somebody who was mentally slow. Mm-hmm. And, it, and over time, it evolved into just calling them differently abled or mentally yeah. handicapped or or whatever, and that word kind of went away. But it was nothing when we were kids. And I'm in our thirties, and even Mike, you know, you're not much older than we are. Uh, it was nothing for us to, to to call our friends retarded all the time, and it was socially acceptable. Yeah, and it's even in books of the time, like yeah. kids' books of the time, like Goosebumps has stuff where it, where, where <laughs> yeah. somebody calls somebody retarded. Movies. Do, do I yeah. take do I take that away from somebody? No. Yeah, it's no. in the Goonies. Yeah, they use the word in the Goonies. Yeah. here's the thing do i take it away and i'm gonna beat on it no because at the time it was socially acceptable does that mean it's right now well who's that for that design if it's if it's not pc now it's not pc i get it and that's why i won't use it now because it's not pc however there was a time where that was accepted and it's like you said the other the f word and we're not talking about fuck because i say that enough that was at one point accepted to call your friends that. And that was in quite mo- frequently. Tons that of was movies. normal. Like, that was in songs. That was in movies. That was in you know. There, there's songs that have that as the title. Yeah. And in in, in in books and writing because it was the time. Should we get rid of all those great works? Because there's some great works, including Stephen King. Yeah. Uh, oh, you have to say that because you have it. You have it on your shirt. Stephen but King. Stephen rules. King liked to to write about you know stuff. But at the time, he's it was got acceptable. Some questionable Does that mean stuff. that he hated? Did, it, did that mean that he hated gay people? Did that mean he hated people who were who were slow? No. It didn't no. mean that it just was socially acceptable at the time yeah uh, wait we're not on a tangent there mike i'm sorry i i know you don't bring much to the book table but <laughs> yeah Books. i'm just taking it all in taking it all just in. like so your mother i oh. i really couldn't care less about uh, once again didn't hear you <laughs> <laughs> he said he said just like your mother taking, taking it all it in, in. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. sorry there it is there sorry, sorry for sorry for the fans that are listening. Because there it is. There's there's a disconnect sometimes with uh, the microphones, the delay and stuff. So. A disconnect with the mic. Well, it's it's a, there's a delay. Mic. No, no, no. Well, yeah. the mics and the there's a disconnect with me too. Let's let's face it. <laughs> yes, yes. Mike is one of those words that we just use. I'm not going to say which one. Hot mic. Yeah. Hot mic. <laughs> but anyways, Mike. Yes. Mic. Sorry, sorry, you didn't get it taken there. So, do we have any more news on the plate? Yeah, we're going to wrap it up with some Friday the 13th news. Uh, my favorite you know, kind, kind of news. Of, uh, foreshadowed earlier. So uh, first, Here it comes. on June 16th, the new Friday the 13th Steelbook is going to be available. It has some cool stuff in it, some cool special features. Lots I know of you guys are excited about that. Yeah, lots of behind-the-scenes stuff. It's a Blu-ray 40th anniversary. Uh, they're putting a bunch of documentaries on there. Uh, and like different extra bonus things, including one that's praising Sean Cunningham. And I just uh. want to be the first to say they should have just named it "fuck Sean Cunningham" because uh, he's a cocksucker. Uh, so there, there's my take on Sean Cunningham. If you really want to know my take, just go back and listen to a whole bunch of other episodes. <laughs> I've gone on longer rants, and I won't go that far. But I, I just didn't like the fact that I'm like, so we're gonna celebrate the guy who is the reason why we can't have more movies. Was it the legend of Sean? Yeah, Cunningham? it was the legend of Sean Cunningham, and you're just like. What, way, way to be self-promoting, prick, because obviously you know he's behind this. Hashtag fuck Because obviously, uh, hashtag, yeah, <laughs> hashtag fuck Sean Cunningham, make that trend. Uh, but, you know, if you think about it, you know he's behind this because if it was if it was on the other foot, he wouldn't have any uh, segment in it. So it is what it is. Uh, the reason, like right. I said, my, my reasoning for not liking Sean Cunningham is not because I don't like the movies he's been a part of, because I do. The problem is if it wasn't for his greed and such, we wouldn't be in the boat we are where we're in, like, the most... 
honestly, this is the best fiscal time, like money-wise, for horror. And believe it or not, I'm going to say it right now, and it's going to sound bad, and I hope it doesn't. I don't mean this in a, in a mean-spirited way at all for people at home, and I'm sorry if this affects you in a negative way. I will apologize up front. But right now, with all this uncertainty because of the quarantine and the virus and everything else that's going on, this is the perfect time for horror. This is like the brewing pot. These are the things that spawn some of the greatest horror movies of all time yeah. throughout history. We're going to talk about one uh, in our review section. And that was spawned by a lot of things that were going on at the time, very much so. This is a time where we could have an amazing amount of horror. We already had some horror that was making good money. And you couple that with a perfect timing. This could be like the next couple of years is a boom period of horror. And unless something happens, I know you're going to give an update on it in a second, but unless something happens, one of the biggest players, one of the biggest franchises is sidelined and it's all because of greed. Yeah. All because of greed. And I don't blame Victor Miller. All Victor Miller wanted was his cut. Yeah. And Sean Cunningham just didn't give him his cut. And a judge, obviously, in a court upheld the fact that he deserves a cut. And the only reason this is still in, in court is because Sean Cunningham is still trying not to give him his cut. That's it. If he would just give him his cut, we it would be all done. Victor Miller's people have said that. That's all it was over <laughs> was a so cut insane. of the pie that he has made literally millions of dollars on and literally an empire on. And it's costed him to, and it has allowed him to make other movies that he made millions of dollars on. Let's be honest. He's not going to go in the poorhouse for giving this man a cut. Not out of his, and it's not even out of his personal wealth. He just has to share the funds of coming up. It's just like when they added uh, the, the whole Bill, uh, Bill Finger and Bob Kane thing for, yeah, for Batman. Yep. All it was about was a cu fucking cut, man. Yeah. And that's what drives me nuts right now is that one man's greed is possibly sidelining one of the biggest figures in horror going into what could be the greatest boom in horror movies ever. Already we were making a ton of money in that area. And now we're seeing that with the circumstances in the world today, it's going to breed some really good horror movies. Let's be honest, because they're going to make money and people are scared. And when people are scared and times are uncertain, horror goes through the roof. And that's just yeah. statistics and rank. And like I said, I don't want to offend anybody. If I did, I am sorry. That's not my point. My point is go through time. Whenever there's upheaval, whenever there's something going on, horror gets real good. Yeah, because people like to see people in worse situations than they're in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you're living, you're, you're, it's an escape. Yeah. It's an escape. You want to see, and that's what like, you're, you're that's right in part of it. It's like, it's oh, wow, you're there in it's a worse not situation. that bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but Mike, you have news on well, the, the lawsuit. Yeah. So, I mean, that, we don't know for sure yet, but Larry Zerner, who, again, is, uh, he's an attorney, uh, an entertainment attorney um, out in Hollywood, but he, of course, played Shelly in uh, Friday the 13th, part three. Uh, he did actually tweet out something on April 30th, so just a couple days ago. Um, this, uh, I'll just read the tweet. The Second Circuit is issuing rulings for the cases argued last February, so there's a very good chance that the, the decision in the Friday the 13th case, Horror Inc. versus Miller, will come down in the next 30 days. So uh, we might actually finally get a ruling on this. Well, so. That, um, that's nice if that's the end of the appeals. Yeah. Unfortunately, there is a possibility it's not the end of the appeals. He said that before. So, I mean, hopefully... If it's smart, if you're a smart man, this is what I'm going to, I will stop saying fuck Sean Cunningham. If he is a smart man and goes, man, is this really worth losing the millions I'm losing? <laughs> is, is giving this yeah. guy a cut of the pie really worth losing millions. the millions that I stand to make on making a new movie? Because yeah. think about it. Halloween 2018, even though you hate it. And it's opening week made over $80 million. In its theater run, it was 300 and some million, I do believe. Yeah, and a budget of like $10 million. Budget of $10 million. You, it, Mind you, a Friday the 13th movie is not going to cost more than $10 million. Even if you jumped it to $20 million. Do you think that Friday the 13th will do less money than Halloween? I doubt it. 
I bet you it does more. Yeah. I bet you on opening week you do a hundred million. What? Yeah, it was two hundred fifty-five and a half that that uh, Halloween twenty eighteen made on a ten to fifteen million dollar budget, but still, so, well, you know, tons of money. What do you and, mean? That's uh, that, uh, I was off by a hundred million. Oh well, I mean, it's still a ton of it's money. All yeah, exactly, it's, it's, still, it's all it's profit. Fun, <laughs> and now you know why there's a Halloween kills and a Halloween ends. Yeah, it's all you need to know because exactly. those movies are those movies are going to cost the same amount and they're already paid for because the first one paid for them. They could <laughs> yeah, yeah. they could bomb in the box office and the first one paid for those two already. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Think about it. An argument Friday the third. Even though I'm a bigger fan of the Halloween series, just because it's my personal preference, Friday the 13th's a way bigger series. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, that's a hundred million dollars opening week in the box office for a new movie in this time period. I'm telling you now, yeah. and that it's gonna that would do yeah. three hundred million in the theaters easy, and that would spawn. And once again, it's not going to cost you more than ten to twenty million dollars. Yeah, that's that's going to be pure profit. And right now, if you're Sean Cunningham, you're staying in court over giving a guy maybe, you know, let's say you had to split the pie 50-50 even. Let's, okay, so your cut of that might be $50 million. You're going to leave $25 million on the table? Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't even know if that's the cut. I'm just I'm just, a, I'm just throwing a ballpark figure. Think about it. If, if his cut of the profit's $50 million and he has to split it in half, you would leave $25 million on the table to keep fighting in court and costing yourself money, yeah. not only by not making the movie, but by paying lawyer fees and missing out on and missing millions, out on anything. Millions and then, more. of course, if you come late to the party, guess what's going to happen? You come late to the party, you're not going to make that. Mm-hmm. Now you don't get that money; right. you get nothing. You get nothing. And you if you keep fighting, nothing. well, if, nothing. if you keep fighting this and not yeah, come and I remember, to the table, I remember Larry Zerner saying something over the last year about this, about how if they do, because they initially ruled in favor of Victor Miller. And this was Sean Cunningham that uh, that appealed this and caused this. And uh, they did say that even if he, even if this rules in, in in favor of Miller, he could take it. I think the Supreme Court next if he wants to. They said chances are he'll probably drop it if he loses again because there's probably no chance he's going to win in a Supreme Court case. But um, like I can see him doing it. I can easily if he's <laughs> yeah, dragged this out. I'm with long, you. I'm going to take the Supreme Court. You know, like what what is, I don't know. I don't know. This is it's going to dumbfound me if that happens, but I actually expect that to happen. Oh, I, I'm with I you. I fully expect it to happen. Unfortunately, I, unfortunately, I agree with you. He has not shown me anything to make me believe that he wouldn't try to put this to the Supreme Court. And then it would take <laughs> months for them. By the way, it would take months. I don't even. Uh, if you look at it, I, I do believe it was Larry Zerner who said this also that he doesn't even believe the Supreme Court would take the case. But it would take them months to deny the case anyway. So it would still put months behind. Right. Because there's if if two courts uphold this, which there's no reason why. This court's not going to uphold this because it's all sound. There's nothing about this lawsuit that is not sound in the case for Victor Miller. Victor yeah. Miller is just suing over the fact that he didn't get a cut of the pie for years. And was it his fault initially? Yes, it was his fault for not uh, pursuing you know, his cut. But it was also really shady business practice by Sean Cunningham to not just go, oh, yeah, by the way, this is your money. You see what I mean? Like, I just, that's the problem. The thing yeah. I like about this the most is that potentially this is a lot of taxpayer money that's going into these, like, oh, yeah, these trials. Yeah. No, I agree with it's you like, there. come on. <laughs> like, people are paying for this. Well, well, well I, I mean, uh, once again, another reason to say fuck Sean Cunningham. <laughs> yeah, like, 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 you lost the first time. There is no hashtag. reason to it. Uh, yeah, the courts hashtag, could be doing sorry. much more important work. But, but at the same time, you lost the first time. It's very sound. There's a reason you lost because it is a very sound lawsuit. Like, it's yeah. just a guy getting what he's owed. And by the way, if you is it his fault for letting it lapse for so long? Absolutely. But at the same point, if you're an honest man, if Sean Cunningham was an honest man, he would have been paying him all along and this would have never happened. Yeah. He withheld payments 
And he found out that he, not only did he withhold the payments, but then Victor Miller found out, wait a minute, my payments should be way more. Yeah. Way more. Like, he is blowballing the fuck out of me. That That's the problem. Why weren't you more honest? Like, how much bigger can your house get, man? Sean Cunningham, we did a lot, the one time, I think, me and you did it, Mike. Uh, he owns, like, four homes and a whole bunch of other shit yeah. here. And this guy is upset about giving up some money? Yeah. Like, come on, guy. And meanwhile, you're causing your fans, if you really cared about them. And that's why I don't care about him, because there's no way you can tell me he cares about the fans. Because if you cared about the fans, you'd be like, okay, let me get the fans what they want. Yeah. And obviously, the fans want that movie, because how many fan films have come out? And how many are still planned to come out? For Friday the 13th? Name one other horror movie that has that amount of fan films. There isn't one. No. There isn't. Not even not even other beloved movies like Nightmare on Elm Street. There's a handful. Handful. Friday the 13th. I think there might be a lot yeah. of... Uh, uh, there's a lot of notebook fan films out there. Let's, let's face it. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, Mike. I know you're a big fan of that, and you're, uh, you're actually working on a script for your own right now, currently, right? Yeah. Yeah, Notebook 2. The, uh, the Electric, the Electric Boogaloo. Boogaloo, yeah. That's, that's a fitting yeah. name for Notebook, too. But anyways, with that being said, that's going <laughs> to that's gonna finish up the news segment. If you want to talk about anything on the news segment, you, if you want to share my passion for hashtag fuck Sean Cunningham, or if you think that, I, that we shouldn't say that, well, I don't care. I'm going to still say it because I think that it sounded greedy bastard. Or if you want to talk about anything else we talked about, the Lovecrafting stuff, anything else, or if there's something you want us to talk about, or hey, listen to this. We have our next set of uh, reviews set up already. Uh as we'll be doing the Psycho series. We let it out of the bag there. Uh, but after that, you know, we're going to probably do some one-shotters uh, after this is uh, this series is over. So, you know, hey, if there's a movie you want us to review for the Horror Zone uh, 607 review segment, throw that in. Or if you just want to say hi. I know the professor's going back to work here very soon, so he's not yeah. going to have as much time as home. But we still check, and we still get back to you as much as we can. So uh, we always like to hear from you. So you can follow us on, or you can like our, you can like our page on Facebook. I almost <laughs> said, actually, you can follow it too, technically. Yeah. But you can yeah. like our page on Facebook. Facebook Horror Zone 607 like uh, you know please like and uh, share that page also you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Horror Zone 607 always remember to use the hashtag HZ607 when talking about the show of course you can check out our archives our friends of the show like the Ocho Doro Parley Hour the bands you hear on the show and everything else under the sun that has to do with 8122 Productions at 8122productions.com soon hopefully we'll have some more reviews up by the professor because uh, he's he's working on uh, a, a mad leveling of stuff the, the, the man just he's always working yeah. I think that drifter life lead lends itself to not having to necessarily uh, uh, be tied down to one thing at a time though. well finally be getting around to seeing blood quantum tonight and then i'll be reviewing that and uh beelzebuth yes so those will be so, up soon so we got a couple of those he'll be sending those and we'll be putting them up on the website check the website out overall and of course if you'd like to support uh, the show monetarily you can also do that and get a ton of bonus content at patreon.com slash 8122 productions one dollar a month twelve dollars a year that equals out to be and you get all the bonus content there three dollars a month if you want to join the uh more exclusive tier but hey we're just all about you know helping us out and you would hear the soundboard stuff but you know mike's currently taking up the ipad uh, <laughs> due to being in his well now his in bunker Arizona? in his Al albuquerque new mexico new mexico uh, is where his bunker is this yeah. week uh, unfortunately you know when this all happens and he can come out of the bunker uh, you'll hear some fancy new sounds because i put some new ones in for just the show trust me you'll be impressed with those oh they're great uh, they are they're a lot of fun so with that being said though we are going to take a break when we come back from the break it is going to be time for the horizon 607 review and we just we let the cat out of the bag it's going to be psycho we'll give you all the deets and we'll be right back on horizon 607 can you imagine a world immune to all forms of cancer? Ladies and gentlemen, the time has come for our fourth annual live stream for the cure. And this year, we need your help more than ever. 
Please join us May 27th through May 31st for 48 hours of live content from guests and podcasts around the world. We'll be aiming for our most ambitious goal to date as we try to raise $10,000 for the Cancer Research Institute. Please visit www.livestreamforthecure.com for more information on this year's event and how you can be a part of it. Together, we can make a difference. Welcome back to the zone. And it is now time for the horror zone 607 review segment. And, uh, you know, I'm still, by the time you guys get this, I'll have settled on a name, but you know, we've done Halloween fest in the back. We didn't do reviews. So by the way, just spoiler alert for October, we will be doing Halloween fest with reviews, how we've been doing the reviews later come into the September ish time, because there's so many movies that cover yeah. uh, through October and the new movie, obviously. Yes. Uh, as long as that still happens, you know, but uh, no matter what, we're going to be doing Halloween fest part two coming up this year. But in the vein of, that we've decided that uh, we're going to spend the next uh i do believe what six weeks is six weeks correct uh five is there five there's five, there's five total movies including the remake okay so five five weeks Wait, we're gonna spend the next yeah. we're gonna spend the, the next five weeks covering the psycho series we will not be covering bates motel because it's just a lot to cover in the uh how many seasons of that right? yeah that i watched year. the first episode of that and stopped so. yeah that's fine yeah I've never i'm just saying that. a forewarning there's uh, even if we were there's just too much of that to go back in time and i don't have that kind of time on our hand back this in time huey so lewis. we will be doing we yes we're coming back to <laughs> huey lewis uh we will be uh doing the psycho series and like i said i'll have a cutesy name for it by the time this airs uh, i mean i got some toying around with so with that being said we are doing the legendary movie psycho of course it was released on june 16th 1960 and that was at the demille theater the rest of the united states got it on september 8th 1960 uh, it's, it's always interesting with the you see two different times one is a hollywood review uh release and the other one is not hollywood uh and of course it was uh written by joseph stefano and it was produced and directed by the great alfred hitchcock it was based on the book, book. psycho by robert block and uh, it stars Anthony Perkins, Vera Miles, John Gavin, Martin Balsam, John McIntyre, and Janet Lee. Yes, that Janet Lee that is the mother of Jamie Lee Curtis. Yes. Uh, just for fun facts. So both screen queens in their own right. Uh, it was uh, the music was by Bernard Herman, and the cinematography was done by John L. Russell, who did a lot of. Uh, Hitchcock stuff. So that's why yep. Hitchcock had a similar feel. Very distinct visual. Yes. Palette. Uh, it was distributed by Paramount Pictures and produced by Shamley Productions. Uh, the runtime of the movie is an hour and nine minutes. The budget, you're going to love this. The budget of this movie was $806,947. Wow. Sounds like somebody <laughs> got the exact budget. Yeah. And the, the box office, you want to talk about a box office, box office, $50 million. And that was in 1960s money. Jesus. So think about it, a movie that cost under a million to make in 1960s money made 50 million. So in this time, 806,000 would probably be about a $5 million budget. And a 50 million would be about a hundred million. Cause you kind of, you kind of go up and wow. So that's, that's a pretty impressive stuff for 1960. Of course, when this movie was released in theaters, there was a whole lot of interesting things about this movie. Of course, uh, it was the, uh, what we, what is termed to be the grandfather of slasher films. Yeah. Uh, because obviously there's some slashing going on, uh, hence the famous shower scene. We might as well, we're, we're going to go in that kind of in this, uh, the plot, Every, but let's just, knows. just jump. It's not like everybody doesn't know there's a shower scene, but that wasn't the most shocking thing in the movie. The most shocking thing is you see a toilet flush. Yep, that's which uh, is the first time yeah. on film that a toilet flushes on film. How funny is that? That nineteen sixty people were more upset about that. People were more upset about that. Now, because of uh, now, mind you, this movie black and white, as we all know, the shower scene itself caused people to leave the theaters, throw up, 
this movie terrified people. Yeah. This movie is legit. Now, you go back and watch it now, and I'm, I think I'm going to add this in my review, so you'll hear me say it again. You go back and watch it now, it's very tame, obviously. But th- think about it. In 1960s, people were outraged about a flushing toilet, <laughs> yeah. and, and the shower scene was so graphic for those people at that time that uh, that terrified people. Like, this is a movie where people literally fainted inside of theaters. People ran out of theaters, threw up the whole nine. Uh, and uh, Hitchcock, of course, used this to uh, a great showmanship. Uh, while promoting this film. So that's probably why I hit the 50 million because the uh, one thing that Alfred Hitchcock was not just a great director, but he was a great promoter. Yeah. Uh, and he, he knew what he was doing. And, and there you go. And one of the biggest names ever. Um, of course, Psycho is one of his classics. He's got a lot of them. Uh, you know, the birds, uh, you know, coming to mind, Vertigo, et cetera, et cetera. Rear we window. Could literally, we could literally sit here for about three hours and probably name a North million by half. Northwest. And, and we're not even going to, we're not even getting into the Alfred Hitchcock, the show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, so, you know, we, we, we have a, there's a lot of great stuff with Hitchcock. Uh, but this movie in particular, let's dive into like a quick plot uh, thing. I'm not going to bog down in the plot because it would take forever. And we kind of, everybody knows the story. Of course, it follows around, uh, you know, oh, sorry. Marion Crane. Yes, Marion Crane. Thank you. Marion Crane uh, played by Janet Lee and her boyfriend, Sam Loomis. Uh, they discuss how they cannot afford to get married because of Sam's debt. After lunch, Marion returns to work where a client leaves a $40,000 cash payment on a property. It's equi- By the way, they put in, in this article equivalent to $351,000 in today's cash. Jeez. Marion's boss asks her to deposit the money in the bank and allows her to leave work early after she complains of a headache. Once home, she decides to steal the money and drive to Fair, Fair Valve, California, where Sam lives. Yes. Because now they can use this money to get married and start a, and start a life. Now, mind you, so out of a, being a thief, Marion Crane basically does is, is thieving for the right reasons <laughs> but she pays for it dearly oh yes because on her on route to fairville she stops at this nice little uh quaint air uh, quaint uh town outside of bakersfield california and uh she runs into the bates motel yes. where she meets a a, a a young man a very shy young man behind the counter named norman yes uh, norman bates of course and uh he One runs of our prototype slashers here that's right. And he uh, rents her a room. Uh, once in the room, we find out that there's more to this hotel than meets the eyes. Uh, literally. As he's as he watches her undress as he from his her, office. From his office, exactly. <laughs> and uh, later on, uh, we get the info. And, and shortly thereafter, uh, well, actually shortly, but, you know, a little time passes. We get the, of course, the aforementioned shower scene, which yes. is a terrifying thing. Well, it is actually really scary. That scene is pretty creepy. You it know, is like creepy. Just, just thinking of like, you know, to, well, you're so vulnerable in the shower and like the curtains there. Who know, I, I That always freaked me out when I was a kid. You know, the idea is who, who could be in here? You know, someone did someone just walk in? That's a that's a creepy idea. But uh, so so of course Norman has an argument with his mother before this happens. I forgot uh, yeah. to mention that part because that's that, oh, that comes mother. in the play later. He has an argument with his mother. His mother doesn't think he should be taking women in, and uh, uh, Norman uh, goes and uh, checks on Marion. He finds the blood in her room and freaks out. Oh, mother, the blood. The yes, blood. yes, he, yes. It's 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 a great thing. Uh, shortly thereafter, of course, uh, uh, Sam and his. Uh, what is it? It's her, and her sister about a week later. Lillian Crane? Try, uh, it's Lilla. 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 Uh, they are uh, go. Lila. Lila. Is it Lila? I don't know. Lila. Lila we Crane. We'll, we'll believe you. We'll believe Mike. Lila Crane. He wanted me to do this. 
uh, uh, then uh, <laughs> basically they they track down they 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 find the mates motel they uh, they figure there's out that there's PI, something pi am am burst yep, am burst yep. is uh, looking for the rich man whose money was stolen yep and so then of course there's a whole bunch of people looking yep. everybody converges on the Bates motel uh, let's just skip over the fluff shit happens yeah and uh, in in the interest of fairness and time like I said we're not going to insult the, you guys knowing where this movie came from and then last but certainly not least we get the big reveal that not only is Norman the killer but Norman is dressing up in drag like his mo- his dead mother because his mother is dead in a chair yep. and Norman is putting on women's clothes and stabbing people he has a split personality he has a split personality he's his own mother so every time you hear him arguing with his mother he's actually just arguing with himself yeah uh, which was a really good twist ending but like, uh, I, I I still think it's one of the most effective of all time yeah, and I think good. it's one of the first first tw- real twist endings in a horror film uh, you know there's there's other ones uh, Hitchcock was a fan of the twist ending yeah but this is one of his definite most effective twist endings because they do a, they do a lot of uh, work to portray that yes Norman is weird but Norman probably isn't the killer yeah and they also go into the fact that you, they make you think that the mother might even be the killer and then you find out that the mother is the killer but the mother's actually Norman because the mother is dead yeah and it, 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 it's a mind fuck. Let's yes. be honest. And it's been a classic movie. Of course, we have the classic reveal scene where he pulls up the knife and you see him in the wig and the dress. And Yeah, uh, Lila Crane goes yes. down into the, to the basement to find the mother. And it's that shocking scene where like her skeletal remains are in the chair. She turns and then uh, Lila Crane sees Norman Bates dressed as his mother. Mother. And he's holding the knife and... Of course, it's a it's the chakra appearance. Uh, we often end up in. Like I said, I, I know I oversimplified the plot, but I mean, obviously, it's it's it's, it's the story that we all know and love. And uh, tell as old as time. <laughs> yes. yes, yes. <laughs> uh, so after rewatching it this week, of course, we you know we always break down the movies, and for me. Uh, I always go into a lot of the um, the music atmosphere altogether. Um, I, I, I've always enjoyed the music and the atmosphere of this movie. Bernard Herrmann's um, score. Yes. It's dun, a, dun. The score, the score is great. It gives you the right feels. Uh, the shooting is very creepy. Uh, the way that they do the the shots, once again, it's a very Hitchcock esque movie, where the shots are uh, a little inc- unconventional for the times. Yeah, which, a lot of which, fun which, angles, yeah. especially once you get to the Bates Hotel. But he's always got like this uh, kind of symmetrical kind of visual. Um, the, the way the cinematography works, it's ver- it's almost like pre Kubrick. Oh yeah, um, really, really cool stuff. Uh, Hitchcock was an innovator and ahead of his time, and obviously him and his cinematographer, who did all the the work on all the movies, have a good way of making you feel uneasy and off balance in in the in the shooting of the film. And this is no different than any of his other films that have that. Uh, I, I find it. I find this movie is shot more in a style not not with like the long lenses like in vertigo but it's shot in that same style where you're always disoriented yeah like you're not exactly sure where what's going on and it's on purpose they need you to be off kilter they need you to believe because they need you to believe on first watch that that norman is talking to his mother that his mother is alive they need you to kind of feel that even though he's a creeper that he's probably not the killer because it's all tied into that shock reveal at the end yeah and they do a very good job of trying to protect that shock reveal uh we will talk at the end of this unfortunately uh, at the end of this uh this series about the remake where we'll we'll (laughs) uh, (laughs) it'll be a complete different story 
But uh, at this point in Juncture, in this in the original movie, the, part of the movie makes it a masterpiece is that tie-in to that, uh, the feeling and everything, and everything goes a long way in playing into that with the uh, with the whole atmosphere going on and with the with the sound, with the way it's been shot. Those are always things, and it's got a great story. Mike, what is your review? Since uh, you know the professor, I can I'll have him rounded out. Yeah, so I mean, what's not to say about Psycho? One of the greatest movies horror or any other as far as i'm concerned uh that's ever been made um anthony perkins with just a absolutely perfect perfect job you know just an unbelievable job playing norman bates you know he was he was creepy he was he was you know and i don't know i don't know know what what to say about him he really uh what's really interesting about him is like he he he's a good-looking guy and typically villains up to this point in movies usually the visual aesthetic for villains is to have like cast an ugly looking person. So like already you're disarmed by him, but you know, there might be something wrong. So he does a really good job of like playing that innocence, but then things get real and he's very sinister as well. So yeah, I agree with you. Right. Although not intentional. He's got the magic touch. Yeah. He's more or less, you know what schizophrenic I, I don't i don't even know if that's the right word yeah you know for he's what got, he was, he's got multiple personality disorder pretty much multiple personality yeah. disorder yeah but um you know just just an unbelievable performance very believable um everybody in the movie was great everybody played a, a good role it was it was you know i i don't know if we can rest you know really say it's before it's time but it kind of was uh it certainly inspired a wave of, of horror movies uh after this oh, yeah. uh, i don't know that there would have been um a Texas Chainsaw Massacre or a Halloween or a Black Christmas or, or Friday the 13th, any of these movies, if it wasn't for Psycho. Yeah. Um, you know, it's certainly for its time, I can see its shock value. You know, it is pretty tame by today's standards. This could almost be a, a PG you know, rated movie by today's standards. Um, but, um, you know, for its time, you know, it, it was, it was crazy, crazy. And uh, just, just, I don't know. One of the greatest, um, not just horror movies, like I said, but one of the greatest movies that has ever been made, in my opinion. Um, and again, you know, it definitely inspired uh, horror. You know, the direction that it's gone and what we know as horror. You know, everything that's that from the seventies on. Um, you know, it inspired all of it. So, yeah, just, uh, I don't know. I, I, I there's not really a whole lot I can yeah, say about this. Well, but I got that you. It's, it's well, a near perfect uh, movie. Professor, uh, you want to put a cap on this for the? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I got the detective's name wrong, Detective Arbogast, and I should have remembered Arbogast, that because because yeah. he says it like that. He's Arbogast in the movie, but um, anyways, like uh, going into like some of the stuff, like the cinematography and everything, everything's pretty much shot straight up until the moment Marion, like it starts raining and she has to pull off the highway. So she pulls up to the Bates motel. It's basically a story about, um, people who are in over their heads and they don't really know the extent to which they're screwed. Like, uh, Marion crane, when she pulls into the Bates motel, um, you know, she's, she's already reconciled the fact that she's stolen the money and she's going to return it. You know, she, she has that, like she's going to clean her conscience and return it, but she's not allowed that forgiveness and because she's in the wrong place at the wrong time. And then Norman Bates also doing his usual thing. Cause you obviously see that you get the sense that he has killed people before in this hotel. Oh yeah. Because he's got like the holes cut out in the walls and he purposely leads her to the room next to the office. 
um, when when he leads the, when he's trying to hide the evidence and he rolls his co- rolls the car that she's driving into the swamp. You know, who knows how many other cars are down there? You know, um, you get a sense that he's done this before, especially with how quickly he cleans up after his mother after the murder um, from the shower scene. So like there's there's really a lot of interesting things going on, um, and then like he thinks all is well. He's done this before, but coincidence just happens like you know going forward to halloween fate coincidence all that kind of stuff um you get into this really interesting story where it's all catching up with him you know you got sam loomis and lila crane coming after him then arbogast coming after him and like stuff starts to surface you know and um it's really interesting because uh the book by robert block um norman bates is a fat pudgy balding like middle-aged man and uh he is the typical ugly villain you know and uh hitchcock consciously chose to cast like a good looking guy like anthony perkins in the role to like really throw people off um it makes the movie a little bit more disturbing actually because like if she rolled into that if she rolled into that hotel and it was this ugly ugly, sinister looking guy then it wouldn't if it was hitchcock himself yeah yeah, (laughs) but uh yeah and he you know what he did to to poor janet lee to get that you know shower scene or whatever uh he he's he's pretty crazy but anyways um you know like it does you don't really get a sense of things being wrong until she's having lunch or having dinner with anthony perkins uh norman bates character uh, the norman bates character um because like all these sinister shots of the birds of prey kind of like hovering above her you know there's all these weird angles of these predatory birds in his office because he's a taxidermist right um so like he talks about stuffing animals and he comments on how she eats like a bird and like he just these subtle touches that you know show that there's something up with norman you know and that she's in danger there's these predators around her and um you know it all explodes um it's just really great a lot of cool camera techniques like rich was talking about um visually this movie just looks great um one of my favorite scenes and i used to show this um to a class of students my film class um one of my favorite scenes is when arbogast gets attacked in the house when he goes to investigate um he goes up the stairs he knows something's wrong um and then mother comes out like and it has that shocking ramp 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 music as she runs out of the room with the angle from above yeah yeah the uh bird's eye view there of uh the mother coming out stabbing arbogast at the staircase top the staircase then he falls backwards and there's that weird shot where like the camera's zooming in but also moving backwards at the same time as he falls down um my students uh you know this is like 21st century students high school uh screamed and jumped out of their seats when uh that scene took place and that i think is a testament to it they they screamed and were shocked but then they laughed at the visual effect of him falling down the stairs so it was like this kind of tit for tat kind of thing like they they were scared for a second but then they laughed at the old school film techniques and i was like oh you bastards don't get it um what he was doing was technically great you know um but either way yeah it's a great movie um this is a masterful film by a masterful director hitchcock like set the stage for so many things just aside from horror this guy was you know he made spy movies he made mysteries he made comedies um he he made you know he started off in the silent era 
so this guy uh really was a master and to and to go with one of my theories that our friend luke also abides by um the best writers the best storytellers the best directors always do a horror film um no matter who it is like you you can judge who the best is because usually they'll do a horror film and alfred hitchcock's no different you're saying that you're, you're saying that nicholas sparks is going to do a horror film someday no, that's why he doesn't have a horror film. <laughs> no, I don't. Hey, uh, uh, well, uh, obviously, Alfred Diablo Cody. <laughs> that was Diablo ter- Cody. Uh, well, anyways, so so this is uh, obviously Alfred Hitchcock is a master of horror. Let's be honest, and uh, I'm yeah. sure I'm sure we will review another piece of his work. Uh, you know, some other time as frenzy. Well, uh, well trust me, there's there's so much to choose from that I'm assuming in some time in the history of the show we'll probably be dipping into Alfred Hitchcock more. Uh, but Psycho is where we're at. So before we give our grades, I'm going to give you some uh, scores from across the internet. IMDb has this rated as an 8.5 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes has it at a 95%. Metacritic has it at a 97%. And Google users have an 86% like of this film. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be honest. Uh, mine kind of falls in line with uh with most of it um i do i i I give this movie i think it i to lead into my my uh, my my greatest score it is uh, a masterpiece uh it is a how to make a horror film uh without this movie we do not have um any of the movies we have later on yeah without this movie there is no definitely no halloween there's a lot not just the sam loomis name is borrowed from this movie for halloween there's a lot of things borrowed from this movie including uh, the pulp fiction scene with uh marcellus wallace yes, walking, yes, yes, yes. walking in front of uh bruce willis's character yes, yes. <laughs> but i mean it's the same shot but i'm just saying and uh but a lot of visual references right. in other movies oh there's too. a ton of them but i'm just yeah. saying in halloween in general talking about horror films and considering yeah. that that's the uh halloween's the granddaddy to them all as far as, as slasher films this is the predecessor to a slasher film because even a lot of the kill scenes yeah. coming from the first person i mean the, yeah, the if you think film. about it the uh the, the the shower scene is a first person kill uh she he you see the arm coming down yeah, into the from, shower from the killer's so perspective you're, yeah. you're, you're pov'd you know what i mean yep so you know that that is later borrowed of course in halloween the opening shot is a very much of the young michael myers and arm, same slashing and it's motion. the same slashing <laughs> motion which is kind of funny and and, and I, so there's a lot of homages in that so this is why this is the the predecessor to all slasher films you know it's a it's a it's a, it's a class into building suspense shot very well uh very ahead of its time as far as of its quality i mean groundbreaking in a lot of ways yeah, uh, horror films weren't really considered, you know, it's art. usually... They weren't yeah. considered art at the time. Well, and they still, it's always going to be like that. Comedies and horror films generally don't get awards, guys. It right. sucks. But uh, but this movie is is a, is a, is a tremendous reason why uh, there's a fandom. Yeah. Uh, my detractions on the movie, uh, obviously, it's, it's age. Uh, technically speaking, it hasn't aged well. Uh, because even though the film techniques are there for the time, it is a great thing to show a, a film class because this is something you need to understand about yeah. where things happen. But I mean, obviously, black and white as as a as a uh, color device is gone. The fact that now we've become desensitized to a lot of violent violence because way more violent things have happened in movies. You know, fast forward about fourteen years and we have Texas Chainsaw Massacre and yeah. uh, uh, need need we say more? Uh, and and that's not even getting into the eighties and the, all the craziness and 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 everything 
everything else. Uh, but you know, so as far as age as a horror film, it's it's aged. It's 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 rough. Not saying like I said, it takes nothing away from being the masterpiece. It is. Yeah. It's just you know when your shock scene is the shower kill that is so tame by today's standards and by the standards set even ten years later. Yeah. Uh, this movie, you know. Uh, I, I so I almost grade this as an art house film more than I do as a horror movie. Although giving the respect it deserves for birthing uh, a lot of the horror genre, because without this, this it, there is no horror genre. Yeah. Uh, in, a, in a hole. So with giving no it slasher, that, no, no slasher it, genre. Yeah. Well, you know horror. Horror. Hey, well, here's the thing. Horror is all. Well, had like horror the universal was different, monsters. But, yeah, but think about it. If, if life was just still the universal monsters, yeah. <laughs> It, it wouldn't be because even even other movies it changes followed. it's a game changer it's a game changer yeah. for even like because even you go into movies like poltergeist or you go into in in and psycho kind of has the shots that have established all shots for horror movies and then if if you add in other hitchcock classics as well into that his form is how you shoot a horror film period yeah like after hitchcock is is where you see all the all the greats come the from. final girl you don't have yeah the final you have the yeah. final girl comes out of hitchcock the, the way you shoot a film comes whether it's first person whether it's pov whether it's uh the the setup shots whether it's the background shots all that is established by hitchcock because previous to that it was very campy let's be honest oh, yeah. universal horror movies were very campy absolutely because the shots were very basic they were shooting them like you shot any other movie it was Hitchcock who gave you the uneasy feeling. It was Hitchcock that gave you the atmosphere. It was Hitchcock who put the music. Everything was important. That's why the composition of this movie is just as important as the shots. That's yeah. why the acting is just as important. Everything is just as important because you're trying to build an uneasiness into the viewer and you're trying to keep them disoriented. So when you punch them in the face at the end with with, with what you need to do with the killer or you know however, which is how every horror movies since then whether it's got a slasher film whether it's a haunted house film whether it's uh you know whatever insert name of horror film here that is what they've done they've built the crescendo off the atmosphere and everything and that is all directly tied to alfred hitchcock because yeah. go back before hitchcock pre-hitchcock and watch the universal horror movies they were shot like regular movies there was no really sense of urgency in the movies yeah. even great movies like frankenstein which is a great movie there's nothing really set in there that's shot any different than any other film. Yeah, There's well, even that... her stealing the money and trying to get away, the music's... Yeah, it makes you like You're just the whole time on edge, like, oh my God, is she going to get away? Then the cop following her. It's Yeah, it's... So like I said, the only detraction I've, I I can have, and I mean, it's a fair detraction, is obviously because of the times and everything is aged not as well. But yeah. I, I, I'm going with uh, the consensus, and I, I you know me, I like to do the point fives, and I'll round up if, if I feel it's a round up. I, I, you know, this movie to me falls in between an eight and a half and a nine, so I'm giving it a nine because I can't deduct enough to give it, you know, like the, the detraction of, of me even saying it didn't age as well it isn't enough like for me to, it, 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 did, it didn't <laughs> take enough away from the movie. Yeah. Uh, because the storytelling is still amazing. What it did for horror as a whole is amazing. What it did for filmmaking, period, as a whole is amazing. Yeah. And, and and groundbreaking and there's so much more that you could just argue in this with that being said i i don't it it might be one of the higher rated movies of, of this series i'm going to just say it out there oh yeah but it's not my favorite because we'll get into that because oh, i yeah. actually have a a, a a more favorite psycho movie uh, in this series than same, this one same here I'm... but but at the same time it might be the highest scoring one because yeah. there's certain things that gets a boost from because it is such a legendary film in my opinion so alfred hitchcock it, didn't direct any of the other yeah ones. no alfred hitchcock, <laughs> I, fair warning I, I i might as well mention it now next week of course is psycho 2 and the psycho yeah. 2 doesn't take place until 1983 it's released in 1983 so 23 years later so yeah. there's not and then they kind of bang them out and it's 83 no one... 86 and 90 so none of them are 
directed by Hitchcock. And no one on the level of his directing is no. is working on those movies. No, no. But there, there's some, we'll <laughs> there's talk some, about. There's some good stuff. Good, there's some, there's good some stuff. really good stuff, though. Uh, but with that, Professor, we'll kick it over to you. We'll go to Mike Last as we always do because, you know, in this case, I don't think he's going to make you angry. Yeah. I don't think you're going to have the ticks this week. No, so I think, so we're, I, think we're, I think we're good. I think we're in agreement on but, this one. But, uh, you never know. But, Professor, well, we'll see. what's the grade for Psycho 1960? All right. Uh, yeah. I mean, just branching off what you guys, I, I say this aged like a fine wine. Um, it, it, uh, I, I think it's great. And really I give it a 9.5 an a, you know, solid a, um, it, it uh, it's influence, like you said, is, you know, very much a part of it, but, um, it's still, there's so many things happening in this movie. The more you watch it, even knowing the twist, doesn't spoil it and like watching this with people who have never seen it before is fun um because like they don't know what to expect in it and like just the even the uh, frank darabont uh another major horror film director talks about black and white films and i i I really think like the black and white uh films are great and they have a very different feel to them it feels like an unreality that you're watching that you don't really get with uh current movies and i'm kind of paraphrasing what frank darabont said um about black and white movies when he talks about remaking the mist in black and white um so like i think visually it's great the performances are great janet lee i think is so hot um anyways major crush on janet lee um and you know some really cool performances from uh john gavin the guy who played sam loomis he he brings you know like a kind of gravity to you know oh shit norman bates might actually get his um which is a really cool um idea and you know just the idea of these two characters essentially the main characters when it comes down to it are uh are um uh marion crane and who has the name of a bird crane um and uh norman bates so um these two characters like they are essentially the main characters and they're two people who just get in over their heads and they don't understand the trouble that they're really making for themselves and uh the first half of the movie is her story the second half of the movie is his story and you got these two kind of uh split you got the split in it um playing on the theme of split uh, personalities and everything there's just so much going on in this movie it's it's almost perfect so that's my grade 9.5 95 a all right mike you're up all right so uh with a you know unbelievable cast uh suspense throughout atmosphere throughout uh one of the greatest musical scores you're ever going to hear in in any horror movie or any movie for that matter yes. uh this movie's clearly like you guys have said you know a complete masterpiece um, you know, not since Spider-Man two, has there been such a great film three Spider-Man um, three, but Sp- Spider-Man three. That's right. That's right. What was I thinking? <laughs> um, you know, so, uh, but, um, yeah, I mean, th- this thing is a masterpiece. As I said before, you know, this clearly is the inspiration for so many slasher movies to come. Uh, Halloween, obviously, you know, John Carpenter hasn't, you know, made any, any bones about it that, you know, he did take a lot of, a lot of his uh, stuff for the original Halloween from this. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, just one of the great movies, one of, one of the great all time movies. And, um, you know, like you said, it's the grandfather of them all. It's, it's, it, it's, 
you know, That's, what more can you really say? No. Uh, so to score this movie, uh, I'm actually also going to give it a nine out of 10. Wow. Um, you know, just, just one of the all time greats. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, uh, there's no, there's no, I don't think anybody would argue it's not one of the all time greats. If you've never seen it, do yourself a favor, check it out. Uh, anything we talked about shouldn't dissuade you. I mean, obviously, uh, there's no spoiler alert on a movie who is now, you know, 80 year almost. Yeah. It's 60 years old. 1960. Yeah. 60 years old this 60 year. Years old. Almost exactly 60 years old this, uh, this summer. It will be 60 years old. Yeah. 60th uh, anniversary. Yeah. Now. So, so I mean, it can't, it, I, I, there will be no spoilers for a 60 year old movie, but at this point in juncture, I, I would say that, uh, this month is going to be, all dedicated well a little more in a month it's five episodes we'll be dedicated to psycho next week we will be covering psycho uh two which Deuce. i had already pointed 23 23 years later so 1983 after the slasher we've craze already starts. started to see the slasher craze this is the grandfather slasher will it will it go into more slasher route maybe maybe mm-hmm. not of course then uh, the following week will be psycho 3 1986 uh, and then of course last or the last in the original line will also will be the following week of that psycho four uh, released in 1990 or as I like to call it psycho four when a stranger calls back <laughs> uh, if you remember yeah. the, if you remember the cover for it it's got Norman Bates on the phone yeah which yeah. is is uh, it's, it's a little weird but that movie <laughs> I, I will be honest four is a little weird all the way around yeah it is an interesting yeah, it is an movie. interesting movie oh, I can't wait to talk about that one because it's probably in my in my uh, in my observation is probably the most interesting out of all of them as far as like the what they chose to do with that movie yeah. uh, so that'll be a good week to come that one was made for I think that one was made for Showtime. Yes, it was. Mistaken, it made, was. It was made for TV. It was, it it was, was made for paid television. I, wow. I don't remember if it was yeah. Showtime or Cinemax, but it was made for paid TV. And the way it was Showtime. And it was an interesting storyline. I did not know uh, I don't want to spoil it now, but you guys, will, that'll be a good treat for uh, a few weeks from now. And then we'll finish it out. Unfortunately, we'll be finishing it out with the remake uh, that features Vince Vaughn in the... Uh, in the Norman and Bates role, Vigo Mortensen uh, as Sam Loomis. That's right, and uh, Anne Hache as yep. uh, as uh, Marion and Julianne Moore was it? Julianne Moore is it was the sister. Lila. Is, is Lila. Yeah. So I mean, it's a it's it's got a cast, uh, but uh, that's about all it's got. Well, <laughs> once again, well, well, we, I I I feel like we we start on the high note and we finish on the low note. Yeah. Uh, because what all I just said, uh, you'll you'll see. Uh, <laughs> you'll we'll, see. We'll give it time. I just want to put it out there, but that'll be our five weeks of Psycho. Uh, I hope you guys. That's in, a good. Enjoy. Title for Five Weeks of Psycho. Oh, there we go. There it is. Five Weeks of Psycho. So this is week one, the original, the OG, the granddaddy of them all, if you will, and not just the granddaddy of them all in the Psycho line, the granddaddy of them all pretty much in modern horror. I do believe, I believe if we were going to do a timeline, there is, uh, there is uh, BP and AP before psycho and after psycho because there is if you look and yeah. it's not a lie there is a distinct cut and i know that yeah the, the professor uh, definitely uh somebody who does a lot of film study and with students mm-hmm. uh will tell you that there is a difference in shooting style between the two movies or absolutely. before and after psycho and then of course you would see that shooting style perfected throughout the 60s by alfred hitchcock which would then carry on into the next thing so hitchcock is a is a very uh, key element and i'm glad that we decided uh, well mike has been pushing for this for a while well, glad we decided to do Psycho. Yes. I'm glad we're, we're doing five weeks of Psycho because the next few movies are going to be forget everything we said about the original movie because the next <laughs> I'm, I'm being serious and I'm not yeah. saying this in a bad way because there no, is my favorite Psycho movie is in the next it, it, I, yeah. well I, I'm not going to spoil which one it is but it'll be soon it, it is it is in the second half of this uh, but they're not the original yeah and and they only have they have very loose tie-ins to the original. I mean, the, the tie-in is Norman Bates. Yeah. Uh, but it's an interesting series, and that's why it's worth talking about. And it is in a post 
full on slasher world. Because by the time Psycho 2 comes out, we already have, we're already three uh, Friday the 13th in and uh, uh, Halloween, two Halloweens in. Yeah, so some, <laughs> so some producer was like, we need to make that money. Not to mention every other day of the year that they took. So yeah. <laughs> we've had some prom nights and everything else in between there in 1983. What do we do? Uh, let's bring back Psycho. <laughs> yeah, so, so it's gonna, it's, a, it's an interesting taste. So with that being said, if you guys have an opinion on Psycho, we'd like to hear it. What is your review? Do you think we went too high? Do you have a lower opinion? I, I'm sure there's not many people with a lower opinion uh, because, trust me, I, I've never heard somebody really yeah, bash never, this movie. Yeah. Uh, you can't. I mean, like I said, the only thing I could take away with it, because I, when, when I do a review i always try to look for a negative not because i want to be a, a downer but you got to be fair there yeah. has to be pros and cons whenever you do anything in life you have to put a pro and con list and the only cons i can really take from this movie is that it didn't age as well due to the fact that obviously it was the it, like was, the, the, it was the initial think about it it's the initial step yeah so if it's the initial step everything's going to escalate and it yeah. did obviously now we're into movies where people's heads get squished by stepping on them and, and so, eyeballs pop out yeah it's, and, it's, it's nuts we're, we're in a we're in a whole new world now whole new world whole new world. that's right is that the second did i yes that is disney? the second disney song you've sang to me. <laughs> it's that is truly serious but if you would like to give us our your opinion please do that on our social medias facebook horror zone 607 like and share that page follow us on twitter and instagram at horror zone 607 use the hashtag hg607 so we know you're talking about us and uh you can also visit us and check out our archives and all our reviews and everything else and as well as check out what the three fat nerds are up to friends of the show like the Ochadura parlay hour and everybody else you can do that and find all those links at 8122productions.com and uh, i'll be adding some more stuff to there soon uh you know all the cons and stuff we have to come off of there because you know that all got canceled uh, yeah boo well, uh, so let's not go into the uh, negative if you would like to support this show monetarily and uh, all that we do and get a ton of extra bonus content you can do that for as little as one dollar a month uh for our opening tier and then the only other tier is three dollars a month if you want to come for your seat either way works for us it does really go into the show i know you haven't heard the soundboard lately but that's also because mike's in a bunker currently so we have to use the ipad where the soundboard is on for uh you know skyping soon enough soon enough you will get to hear all these uh, gems and including the new ones i've just put in there and uh you can do that by supporting us on patreon.com slash 8122productions uh we do appreciate it if not we'll always be here for free for you to take a listen to what we got going on mike that is it for the plug so take it home all right, I want to thank the guys for manning the studio once again this week, putting together another good show. It was good talking with you guys uh, about Psycho. It's good Can't to hear from to, you. Uh, get into next week when we talk about Psycho 2. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, that one's, you know, it, you know, it's, it's another Psycho movie. I've been pushing for this forever, so I'm glad we're doing it. So, uh, you know, I'm excited to, uh, to go on with the series and see what you guys think and uh, for you guys to hear what I think. Oh, yeah. And uh, I want to thank you listeners for tuning in each and every week. Uh, you know, also you next so week, uh, find out. Find out where I'm going to be. Find out where I turn up as I as I dig through the underground, the underworld. He's digging his way uh, through America. Believe it or not, digging my Mike way through America. Isn't at home. <laughs> have you, I, 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 I have a question. Have you have you located the underground people from us yet? Have you bumped uh, into any of them yet. on yeah, the digs? That's that I want. Not yet. But come I, on. I am actively looking for them. I'm yeah, actively looking if you for ever them. Get tired, that's what I would be doing. I was gonna say if you get tired, because the best thing is if you get tired, you can use some of their already built tunnels instead of digging your own. Yeah, and True. maybe eat whatever the hell they were eating. Rabbits. Was it the rat? Rabbits. Yeah, it was the rabbits. Yeah, rabbits. It was rabbits. Yeah. But yeah. You yeah. can't survive. I think that George and Lenny left a couple oh, of rabbits. You can't survive on and rabbits alone, them. sir. Yeah. You have to have yeah. like, fruit and vegetables. So uh, well, they weren't real yeah, people. Find out where I am next week. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Find Sorry, out where Mike. I am next week, and uh, we'll uh, again we'll be talking a lot more psycho. So uh, until then, for the guys, I'm Mike C. Saying, yeah. Hey.